Hello and welcome to Bid Food's Talking Food podcast. I'm Joe Anglis and in this episode we'll be discussing the second macro trend for our 2021 food and drinks trends, careful consumption. Joining me to help digest what this trend is, is David King from our customer marketing team and Julie Oust, who is our head of sustainability and change. So let's get it started. start things off David I know you've been on our podcast series before but could you remind everyone of what your role is? Hi Joe thanks for having me on again I'm the marketing manager at BidFood and I work in the customer and sector marketing team. Thank you David and Julie you're new to the podcast so welcome what's your role here at BidFood? So hello I am the head of sustainability and change so I lead the sustainability program at BidFood. So staying with you Julie some consumers feel that authentic and premium comes at a cost that they can't always afford. What can those in the food chain do to promote the benefits and gains of sourcing good local quality food? So firstly, I'm not surprised that consumers have this preconception because in the past, certainly, it was seen as a kind of excuse to charge more for sustainable options because they were kind of viewed as a bit of a premium. Um, Sometimes this was legitimate because there were genuinely or are genuinely higher costs involved in the production of those goods. But other times there doesn't have to be. Um, And a great example of this was when I visited a fish and chip shop in Cornwall, where it was really great to see they were selling pollock fillets instead of cod and haddock. And they were actually explaining to their customers, we're we're selling pollock here, it's far more sustainable, it's cheaper than cod and haddock, it tastes exactly the same. And they were playing a great role in educating the consumer and they were selling those fillets cheaper than cod and haddock. So that was a great example of, you know, people in the food chain educating people on sustainability and not charging a premium. I think the food chain's got a crucial role to play in educating consumers. Um, My local greengrocers is a great example. They have uh, recipe cards where they explain how you can best make the use of uh, local veg, the freezable options, um, how so consumers can save cost, the greengrocer can sell seasonal veg. got a lower carbon impact Um, and this is a really important point it works for everybody at different income levels sustainability has to work for everybody if it's just a luxury that is only kind of affordable for some then we won't make progress we need that's great thanks julie this trend also links into the health of our planet as mentioned in the social trend of whole health Many more consumers are behind initiatives to behave differently towards food waste, plastic, climate impact, etc. What do you think has had the biggest impact on consumers to make this change, Julie? I think there are many influences at play here. Um, I mean, the pandemic aside, in normal circumstances, there's a real social context of food and dining. I have a lot of vegan friends and they certainly have influenced my consumption patterns. I still do eat meat, but I've switch to some vegan brands for certain products, so for example, oat milk, and I'm definitely more flexitarian as a result of their influence because we share recipes and we share tips on using fewer animal byproducts, etc. And that also builds into the sort of norming effect of the behaviour change. If you're the only person sort of hacking into a steak while other people are eating vegan options, you tend to feel rather embarrassed and a bit awkward perhaps feeling like you have to justify your behavior and it's exactly the same like if you go to a coffee shop and your friends have got reusable cups and you're the one asking for a single use cup I think norming behaviors are really powerful and they are a drive for change so I do think that is a really considerable factor in changing behaviors. David do you think 
any of these behaviours have changed in light of the pandemic? Yeah, I think a lot of consumers have, have now realised that actually if they're buying meat every single day when they're at home, not only was it costly, but they were probably waking up a bit more to the realities of it. I think more so than that as well is that they've seen there's actually a lot more availability in local shops and supermarkets of non-meat products, of uh, vegan and vegetarian products out there. So the accessibility is wide open compared to what it used to be. I think that's a really great thing. What about you, Julie? Do you agree? Um, yes, I mean, certainly, um, I think the consumption of lentils and the purchasing of non-perishable items like lentils did go up in the pandemic, especially when there was sort of that uh, ridiculous phase of panic buying. People were worried about uh, storing stuff and buying more canned goods. Um, but I do think the pandemic has highlighted kind of the extremes, if you like. For those of us um, with the luxury of being able to work from home, perhaps on a slightly higher income, people spent a bit more on luxuries and, and ate a bit more thoughtfully, perhaps, in terms of home growing, but supporting local producers, etc. But I think it also, the pandemic highlighted food poverty exists on a massive scale in this country, and it was kind of hidden to a lot of us up until now. Um, and to quote the MP for Tottenham, you can't worry about global warming when you can't afford to put the heating on. And I, I think that's really true. So I think a lot of people aren't economically empowered enough to make ethical choices. They might be working too many hours to shop locally. They might not have the facilities or experience required for home cooking. Um, so I don't think we can rely solely on individuals making the right choices and behaviour changes because their lifestyle might not enable them to. In terms of like a customer perspective, David, have you seen sort of the the focus on sustainability change in our customers at all? I think that piece that Julie said at the start of this um, is really crucial around transparency and how customers and a lot of retailers now are advertising their offers a lot better around, you know, whether they're sourcing sustainable product like Pollock or whether they're advertising it in a certain way that actually informs the consumer in more of an educational way. Um, not in a patronising way, just simply I've, I've seen quite a lot of places out there at the moment that are really advertising their offer to the full extent. And they're saying, actually, not only is this product better for you, it's cheaper, but it's also um, it's also a lot better for the environment. I think I've seen a lot more places doing that over the past year. Um, and I think to the pandemic, although sustainability in some ways was felt to be put on the back foot, I think a lot of places actually said this is probably a better time than ever to really learn and inform yourself on the on the benefits of it. I definitely agree. So Julie, much has mentioned about the distrust that consumers have in large organisations and bodies as a result of lack of transparency and breaches in policies. What has been the impact of this lack of trust on food service that makes transparency so important now? So food supply chains now are so global and so complex, it's become clear that people have wanted to engage more with the story behind the food we put on our plate so customers have been talking a lot more about the CO2 impact of their menu choices. You know, there's a far higher CO2 impact of, for example, seasonal, out-of-season raspberries that are air freighted in versus locally grown stuff. Um, and the story is not just about its carbon footprint, it's about the land it's grown on, the welfare of any animals involved, the income and the working conditions of growers, Perhaps even, um, you know, we've, we've all been learning about the destruction of um, orangutan habitats with as a result of unsustainable palm oil. Um, and all foods have their own story to tell. We're so removed from the source of our food 
we want to understand more about how our choices affect the planet and impact biodiversity as well. There have also been some really emotive stories in the media around um, transparency. Um, I don't know how many of you are familiar, but there have been um, stories about the way that almond crops are pollinated, forcing bees to wake up early from hibernation, causing the death of bee colonies, um, the way that some farms harvest olives, leading to the death of huge numbers of songbirds. Um, the water demands on avocado growing in Chile. I was reading an article the other day about how the, de- the, the huge demand for water in avocado production has deprived locals of their water supply. Um, we've read stories about modern slavery in the seafood industry. There's such a growing list of kind of scandals in food production and the risks. So I do think the food service needs to be far more transparent. And consumers, importantly, need to ask questions about their food. Um, it's an example I often quote, but I personally, when I go to the supermarket, I wouldn't dream of buying a egg from a caged hen. I've always bought free range. I've been brought up to buying free range, etc. But I never, up until now, I've never really thought about, are those are the eggs served in a restaurant free range? I don't often ask the question. And I think there's a kind of blindness when we go out to eat. We forget the ethics and we just, we're looking at the menu options. I, I do think consumers need to ask questions a bit more because that will drive change. David, in your opinion, which dishes, drinks, cuisines sort of lend themselves to this trend of choosing carefully? So I think meat's a really obvious choice here. I think buying meat in the UK is extremely simple um, to make sure you can you can adhere to minimal um, the minimum animal welfare standards. And I think also it's, it's just a really good one to be trying to buy as local as possible. I think within certain product categories, you're obviously going to get, it's going to be a bit harder to do this. I think sustainability credentials across the board within things like soy and almond milk are a bit hard to look for. But when you're looking down into it, I think there are certain key categories that you can really dug into. I think as consumers go, I think it really needs to be that whole thing, like Julie said, around asking more questions and really looking into more of the detail on, um, on, on where your food's coming from, not only at home, but in your restaurants too, when you're going out to eat. That's really something that consumers need to look into. So careful consumption is a is an interesting trend as it also incorporates the issues of stock control, portion size and food waste. Uh, Julie, what do you think has brought about this drive to be more mindful in our eating and what are the advantages or not for operators to focus on these areas? Oh, that's a good one. So. I talked a bit about engaging with the food stories of where food comes from. And I think as we start to think a bit more about that, then we actually start to value it a bit more as a a valued resource rather than a sort of pilot high cheap resource, which I think food traditionally, we're lucky enough in this country that food is a fairly small proportion of our income. But if we engage more with where it comes from, then we do tend to think a bit more about valuing it. There have been a lot of campaigns recently on food waste reduction, Um, Love food, hate waste is one that people might uh, be familiar with. Wasting food is not just about the waste of the food itself. Think about all the resource involved in producing that food. The the man hours involved in producing it, the transportation, the storage involved. That's a lot of resource just to go to waste. So people started valuing food more. And I think in terms of um, operators, there have been some really compelling case studies produced by RAP um, showing that when operators start focusing on reducing food waste not only do they save a lot of money but it shifts the mindset that actually they keep their budget consistent but they they shift 
to sort of higher quality items, not just spending less on food, but actually spending the money on better quality food. Um, so there are so many advantages for operators in engaging with this theme of careful consumption and reducing waste. Um, and consumers love hearing about that. And I think they increasingly want brands with value that think about this. And um, I certainly, my local pubs uh, offer sort of takeaway boxes for your leftover food and and offer optional small portions so that people don't have to have a huge portion and they're really popular initiatives. Just to add to that, something I saw over lockdown was some research conducted by Tesco that actually saw consumers were becoming better at using um, using leftovers. So they said that 35% are actually getting better at using leftovers to avoid food waste. So I think really on what Julie was saying there, consumers are being, uh, are kind of listening into more of this and they are growing their awareness on it. So I think now's a better time than ever really to push this message. I think also, sorry, just to add to that, Dave, as well, I mentioned about um, valuing food because we're appreciating where it comes from, but particularly now with the talk of trade deals and Brexit and about the risk to food supply, it, that, that also helps people realise how much food we import and where we're, where we're bringing it from. So I think there, there are various um, influences on causing us to think more about the origin of our food. David, how do you expect to see this trend shaping up across 2021 in terms of eating out, buying food and or eating on the go? I think we're seeing a number of ways, to be honest. I think we see restaurants really taking this to the next level. I think one of the things we saw since restaurants reopened um, after lockdown in the first time was that the whole menu simplification trend really came through. Uh, a lot of operators realised they needed to cut down on um, on the number of items they were listing. They needed to save costs in a lot of different ways and really stick to a really key menu, a small menu. I think we're just going to see this grow and grow. So I think this whole careful consumption piece is going to translate through to using as many items as many times as possible, making sure you're not using as much waste and really informing consumers about the choices they're making when they're choosing one dish over the next and why they're doing that. I think definitely we see that in, in urban areas really grow, but also in rural areas, I think you'll be able to see a lot more of a local messaging being pushed. To add to that, in 2021, I would love to see the proliferation of single-use plastics and disposables just wound back in again. I do think where there's a will, there's a way. Quite a few food outlets have said, oh, we can't possibly use reusables because of the pandemic. But I, I think Firstly, this is going on a lot longer than we perhaps initially anticipated. So we've really got to start thinking creatively about how we scale back the single-use plastics. I'm I'm totally convinced that if there's a will, there's a way. And we do need to be a bit more imaginative about the way we work. Um, there's an Indian restaurant in Bristol that runs a reusable tiffin scheme where customers buy metal tiffin and they get it refilled with their Indian takeaway each time they want to take away. There's no plastic in sight. I don't think you can even get a plastic box if you've tried. My local cafe charges 50p more per drink if people haven't got a reusable cup and because it's actually been proven that punitive measures work a lot more effectively on behaviour change than discounts. And I think it's about businesses making bold decisions to pin their colours to the mast and say, this is what we stand for. I've been really encouraged by the growth of vegware and compostable containers. We need to see more of this. It, it takes just a bit of creativity, but I think it shows commitment um, and it can result in greater engagement with your staff, your customers, your stakeholders. I just would love to see more and more food outlets doing the right thing. Um, and, and importantly, as I've said before, if you're a consumer that cares, do speak up. You know, don't just 
settle for what people are trying to give you you know ask if it can be done differently my mum's a great example she's 84 she's finally got access to the internet um, and she's been learning about how to go online and contact global brands about their treatment of workers in their supply chains and I think if she can do it anyone can. Now of course this is a podcast for Bid Food so I'm obliged to ask what are we doing to meet this trend? So we are doing loads to help customers with their objectives of careful consumption we've we've aligned ourselves to the objectives of plastics pact so we're doing a lot to both increase the recycled content of plastic packaging encouraging the recyclability of plastic packaging we've become members of OPRL the on-pack recycling label organization which basically means that we use easily understandable logos on our packaging to help people recycle more effectively. We've also got a whole group of people in the work stream that's called Offering Healthier and Sustainable Choices, where we are committed to offering the choices that mean that customers can consume more carefully. So we've become members of the Roundtable on Sustainable Palm Oil, and we're gradually getting rid of unsustainable palm oil from our products We've become members of the Sustainable Seafood Coalition and we've made commitments about sourcing fish that's rated as sustainable and avoiding the kind of high risk categories. We've made various commitments to help support health and well-being by reducing salt and sugar. If you were to look at our 2020 sustainability report, you'll be able to click on the icons of some of our meat suppliers to read some great stories about reducing the environmental impact of our meat production um, there's a huge load of initiatives we're doing and you can read more by looking at bidfood.co.uk slash sustainability. So finally, to wrap things up, what ingredients or products do you use a lot to help you be good to yourself or the environment? So instead of thinking about what products I do use to help me uh, help the environment, I like to think about what I don't use. I grew up in a home where virtually nothing was wasted. My mum was really, really frugal and that was just sort of the way she was brought up. Um, so I'm a massive fan of freezing food so that it doesn't go to waste. So I'd, I'll freeze leftover bread and then whiz it up for making burgers or meatballs or something. I freeze egg whites and egg yolks in the uh, so I can use them later on. Um, I have a veg saver mats in the fridge that helps my veg last longer. Um, for, for the kids' pack lunches, I change to beeswax wraps so that we don't use cling film. Um, I think I, I, I see it as a bit of an adventure, really, to kind of work out how best I can use the food I've got and save less. And uh, I drive my family mad a bit with it. But I do think that, you know, we've just got to learn to, to use what we have more effectively and waste less. So I'm not quite on the same scale as Julie by any means. But one thing I really need to try and focus on is using as little plastics in the kitchen as possible. So I really dislike cling film and everything to do with it so i use tupperware boxes more than anything i do do quite a lot of freezing to be fair now i've, I've got quite into that since um since living on my own and what i found by doing that is that it just it just saves me so much time in the long run if i'm coming in late from work or something uh, a bit i'm a bit peckish and i don't want to cook a full meal going to the freezer i've got a lot better at doing that so i think for me i just really need to focus on a uh, on, on stop buying as much vegetables I think because my focus then is that I freeze so much of it I've got a freezer full of it and I, I, I need to focus on the um, fresh stuff I've got in the fridge really. David thank you very much thank you for your time. Thanks for having me on again Joe.
No problem at all. And thank you, of course, Julie. Thank you very much. If you want to learn more about the careful consumption trend or any of the other trends for 2021, please see the links for information in the episode summary. Next up in the series, we're talking about the trend food for the soul. I'm looking forward to you joining us there. In the meantime, please do subscribe and rate our podcast series on whatever platform you use to listen to these on. This helps us to reach and support more people in the industry. Until next time, goodbye.